0: Get Stephen Cluxton this morning, Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can retire. <laughs> N- this is your future. No, pr- no pressure, thanks, David. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go up and uh, find out what room he is knocking the door. OTB AM live weekday mornings from seven thirty on the OTB Sports app. Football on off the ball with William Hill. Who
1: you got? 18 plus. See gamblingcare.ie.
0: And you're welcome back to Off the Ball here on News Talk. John Duggan sitting in Major for John Malloy today on your Sunday until 6. Our text number 53106 at a cost of 30 cents, as well as listening on your Radio Cross News Talk. You can watch as if you'd like on the live streams on YouTube and Facebook. Just a reminder of what's coming up on the show Arena Buckley at Croke Park to look ahead to the All-Ireland Camogie final at senior level between Cork and Waterford so we'll check in with her before 5. We'll also hear from the young amateur golfer Alex Maguire fresh from his appearance at the Open Championship in Liverpool last month. But for the next hour we're going to talk football and set the scene for the new Premier League season with the ex-Republic of Ireland Blackburn Rovers, Burnley, Preston, Sheffield United and Sheffield Wednesday midfielder Keith Tracy. Keith, how are you? I'm very well, how are you? Good, well, thanks. Um You've documented your stay in England, uh, you know, extensively before, Keith. But just to maybe give the listeners an insight, what is it like to play in a Premier League game? The level must be serious.
1: Yeah, the level is serious. And uh, I, I, my my debut for Blackburn in the Premier League, I, I think I was nineteen. I'm, I'm fairly sure I was nineteen. It was uh, the first game of the season under Paul Ince, and you know what Goodison is like. The fans are sort of right on you, so the ball yeah. goes out with a throw-in, old like school ground, old school ground. But I loved it, you know, and. I didn't know beforehand, I thought even when he when Paul turned around and said Keith warm up, I thought he was talking to Keith Andrews. So it really did just dawn on me, I'm about to make me Premier League debut at Goodison away. And yeah, I just you just try and feel yourself into the game. Don't do anything too silly. Don't give, don't definitely, definitely don't give the ball away. Just try and feel yourself in. But yeah, it is it, it it's a very, very high level and the one thing that that I I found was just how quick people move the ball and the weight of the pass. Like when you're in training, sometimes the ball comes in and it's like feather passing, but in the game, it's it's really fizzed into you, and I think that's the level. That's the one thing that always separates the, the really good players from the average
0: players is just the way to pass into you. Because you played at Anfield as well. It was I think Alonso Mascherano. It was an interesting day, I'd say.
1: Yeah, it was very interesting because uh, um, Allardyce was the manager, and I found out. Uh, I found out on the Friday he had pulled me and said, "Listen, you're going to play tomorrow." So I had time to ring me mother and father and see if they could come over, but they couldn't make it. So a couple of my friends came over, but it was the anniversary. The anniversary of the Hillsborough disaster as well. Okay. So they, you know, the, the streets of uh, Liverpool were like f- were filled with people on the way to the ground. The atmosphere was building, so that had the feel of a really, really big game. And I started on the right wing. We we started Christopher Sam up front. Well, Sam Maladose started uh, Christopher Sam up front. The centre half who was about six foot four, so he could you know a little insight into what our tactics were about to be. But we were one nil down after about 30 seconds. Torres scored and it got very very difficult. I think we lost four nil and after about 60 minutes, both of me cramps, calfed up as well. So I, I was really <laughs> really struggling. But yeah, it was great. I was running at the deep end. But yeah, absolutely loved it. Did you find the
0: championship more physical?
1: Yeah, the the championship it's it's reckless. Like when you when you when you like obviously every training ground, every football team has Sky Sports news on in the background. So when you hear the Premier League players saying, "Oh, we played Saturday, Tuesday," you know we're a bit tired. I can't believe the league has done this to us. The Championship players do we just look at it and think it's it's constant? Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, and it does no respect. It's a hundred miles an hour. Very rarely does anybody take a backward step in the Championship, even informed players they just go straight for you. It's no, oh, I'll, I'll give him a yard and, you know, it's, it's literally 100%. So, yeah, it's a very, very difficult league. The Premier League is obviously a lot more technical. It's a lot more... Yes. It's, it's, mentally it, it drains it a little bit more because people move the ball and try and turn the screw a little bit more the championship is a little bit more like the 90s in the, in the Premier League it's a little bit more back to front and you know cutthroat but that's not to say that a lot of people don't play football there is teams like Vince and Company last year where Burnley yeah. set the championship on fire but two, two very very different leagues but very very difficult both of them very very difficult to play in but the championship you know it's, it really is a lottery for who comes out of there it's just whoever gathers a bit of momentum
0: yeah, we saw Leeds. Uh, oh, just scored! They're two-one down at the Cardiff. They were two-nil down uh, at Elland Road. Um, Liam Cooper's just scored. Daniel Fark has gone in there to Leeds and trying to get them back up. Leicester beat Coventry mm. by two goals to one. Good to see Adam Eda score yesterday late for Norwich. Yeah,
1: look, it wasn't a, it wasn't a beautiful goal whatsoever. But the first game of the season, you love to be able to just get off the score, uh, get, on, get off the mark as, as a as a goal scorer. And Adam's done that. It wasn't a thing of beauty. It was just a little bit of a toe yeah. poke a, a melee in the box, but. Look, it, it, it'll give him confidence and that's what we want going into going into the Irish game soon enough. So, I know we have Evan Ferguson. A lot of uh, a lot of weight has been put on his shoulders but if we can get the likes of Adam E to score goals as well and they could just take the, a little bit of the weight off Evan then I think we're getting the bones of a very decent international team all of a sudden.
0: What do you want to see from Evan in terms of his development with Brighton this season?
1: Well, to be fair it, it's very, very hard to start picking holes in his game because he is really that good and yeah. it, it's very rare I would say that but Look, he's under a brilliant manager. Uh, Deserve he knows exactly what he's doing. You know when when Potter left Brighton, a lot of people were thinking, "What is Deserve going to be like?" But he's come in, and the things you hear in the background, he's very, very tactically aware, very good with the lads. So, look, Evan physically, he's already really, you know, he's physically a man. He's, he doesn't look like a teenager. His finishing ability is is decent. Maybe a little bit on his left. On his left foot, he could uh, he could try a little bit because you know when a striker can go both way, it's very very difficult to try and maneuver him into places. But look, there's there's obviously room for improvement. But he's he's a class class player, and I I I hate saying it to him because I feel like I've been in this position where the media start getting behind you and putting weight on you, but it's very hard to shy away from him being an excellent Premier League
0: player already at this age. You have to think he's one of the best teenagers in Europe. Yeah, think yeah. About it, yeah, It is, it's
1: difficult because like I say he's a man and even the French game when it, when uh, France came to the Aviva I know I know he got beat on the night but up against Upa McCann, Upa McCann is one of the best centre-halves in and around Europe and Evan Ferguson only dipping his toe into the water and physically brilliant against them, ran the channels against him and didn't look out of place whatsoever so you had the sky's the limit for it, Evan, it really
0: is Is the standard of football as high as you've ever seen it?
1: Uh, possibly. Yeah, I, th- I think that the game's changed an awful lot. You know, the the game sometimes now it's it's a lot more possession based from top to from top to bottom. I think clubs are a little bit samey now. You know, even Bornley now, when you look at Bornley coming into the Premier League, I think we all know that they're gonna try and play football. Manchester City are gonna play football. Nine out of ten teams now will try and play football and for me I don't think that's the only way you can win a game of football. I think anybody who goes toe to toe with the likes of a Manchester City and Arsenal I think it's quite silly if you're not a top, top team. So I think the ways to beat them teams are to get it into areas, condensed Like Brentford
0: areas. did last year, be a bit aerial. Exactly,
1: yeah. yeah you know, the, the, if if these teams are outstanding at that and you're saying, well, we want to play that way as well. Okay, we want to play that way, but how do we beat them today? The way to beat them today is do what they don't want and turn them around, get them playing the horrible stuff. Don't let them get in the rhythm. And sometimes fans can say, oh, but we want to see the sexy football. We want to win that way. Well the players want to win and the best way to win is sometimes just counteract what they're doing and the big thing for me everybody talks about the press now and then there's the counter press if a team is going to stand on the halfway line and try and counter press you you've oh, you've 50 yards of grass in behind them so why not get them running that way and then play from there and Look, it's probably a boy product of me playing for Sam Allardyce and you know managers like that. But I just think that if teams are going to stand on the halfway line, you back them off, and the way to back them off is different chip ways the ball to skinning over the cat. We even of saw course, it yeah. Argentina
0: Saudi Arabia in the in the Mad World Cup game, you know. Yeah,
1: look, I, I get it. Look, I, I, if I'm Pep Guardiola, there's no way I'm telling Manchester City to put the ball into the channels and get running after. It. But you, you know, it's horses for courses. If you don't have a Manchester City team, then you have to play a different way. And you know, not everybody can keep the ball and do this tick a style of football, yeah. you know.
0: And sometimes City have to improvise and, and they have to dig it out as they did against Real Madrid in that Champions and League. Y- even game.
1: you think of Gundogan's goal in, in the, the FA Cup final. It's literally one one long ball, second yeah. ball, bang. Yeah. It's a beautiful volley, but there's no intricate build-up play. There's none of that. It's just a, a beautiful volley from the edge of the box and picking up second balls. That's the the basics of the game, of picking up second balls. And City did that and they get a goal from
0: it. They're kicking off the community shield against Arsenal at four o'clock, both... Um Teams are strong with uh, Rice uh, in the Arsenal team and uh, Kovacic into the City team. Is there any reason to believe City won't be as strong as they were last season when they won the treble, Keith?
1: No, I'm may. Uh, I i I'm, I'm an Arsenal fan and I'm trying to pick holes in Manchester City. You're speaking City. Spurs you're a fan here now. Oh, so. here we go. <laughs> 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 I know, look, I, I won't hold it against you, but yeah. it, look, I, I think I'm trying to pick holes in this Manchester City team. I am. I, I think Gundogan... I'm trying to convince myself he's going to be a miss. Yeah. Last season when Cancelo went, the boy at Munich, I was trying to convince myself they'll miss him. They just don't seem to miss anybody. And with, with Guardi all coming in, the centre half, the Croatian centre half, I think he's a brilliant boy. I know 70 millions a, a decent amount of money, but he's as close to a sure thing hitting the ground as you can get. Uh, with Holland Kovacic coming in. He's not a—he's not one of these lads that you're thinking, oh my God, that's a brilliant signing, but he's somebody that is just solid and will play well. Like he, do, like he does for Croatia with Modric, he just shores everything up, keeps it nice and tidy, very rarely makes a mistake or gives the ball away. So, Bernardo Silva staying in, in, at yeah. Manchester City, I think, is a big one. He was flirting with Barcelona for a while, but with mares going out and Gundogan, I don't think they could afford to let maybe one or maybe two more go. So... Yeah, and even Kyle Walker, if, if he he's flirting with Bayern Munich plays today, sure. yeah, he plays today. So, look, I, I still I still think City will win it. I think Arsenal, not having European football last season, obviously helped them. With them being in the Champions League this season, I don't think they can compete on both. Have ones. they
0: got, have they strengthened enough? Then possibly not.
1: Possibly not. No, I, t- I still think with the bench, you look at the bench today, Trossard's on the bench and he's the only one that you're thinking, yeah, he he can maybe change the game. Vieira, good young player. Rob Holden, he's been at Arsenal for uh, years, Rob but Holden, you know, no, this is what I him. mean. There's, there's Eddie Nketiah, young player, really like him, did well when Jesus was injured, but is he somebody who's going to lead the line and, and challenge Manchester City? Probably not Kieran Tierney. I love him. thought he was excellent at Celtic. But again, is he somebody that's going to start time and time at left-back? Not really. And you look with Arteta, it looks like Timber's going to start left-back and uh, sorry, Ben White is going to play right-back. So Kieran Tierney must be thinking, you're playing a right-back, left-back ahead of me. Where am I and all of He's this? You know? he So gone. yeah I just think the bench could be uh, Arsenal's yeah, they, they
0: won 16 of their first 19 games last season. They went on a great run. It's just hard to... They'll have to just get the best out of Odegaard, Saka Martinelli as they did last year. They had 44 goals between the three of them. Jesus is injured again. Yeah. Havertz, how many goals is he realistically going to score? You know, Rice is a great addition but is enough to win the title I'm not so sure.
1: Yeah, look, a lot of people have said it's, it's a lot of money for Declan Rice because he is an, an essentially a defensive midfield player yeah. and he doesn't give you an awful lot going forward. There, is, there was an occasion with West Ham, sometimes with, uh, with England, when he's on the edge of his own 18-yard box and he's screening the back four or back three and he wins the ball. And in the blink of an eye, he's on the edge of the other 18-yard box and he's making things happen. So I'm hoping that Arteta is telling them, we want that, we need that from you. We want you in a defensive position. But when you pick it up, Thomas Partey will be around you. We'll have cover around you so you can gallop into that ground and get Martinelli, Saka, Odegaard on the on the ball. And Again, with Martinelli, Odegaard and Saka... Absolutely brilliant last season, unbelievable. All three of them, but I just think with their age, with, with you know, they're not already they going to be robust again because they're being this is probably their second full season now. I've been heavily, heavily relied on Saka played an awful lot for England as well. Yeah, I think these lads were, were getting tired. Martinelli was getting tired, and Zeus. if we could keep him fit, then you know, you're thinking maybe, yeah, we could. But Havertz great player, is he going to hit the back of the net 20 times this season? No. I seriously, seriously doubt it. So yeah look I think Arsenal Arsenal have improved but I still are, think are, are, they,
0: are they number 2 Arsenal or, or maybe Liverpool number 2 or another No
1: I, I I would go Arsenal at this early stage I would go Arsenal number 2 but it depends. If they go deep into the Champions League, I think the Premier League will suffer because yes. of that. And if they if they get knocked out of the Champions League, then I think the Premier League will obviously be a little bit better because of that. So, it's all ifs and buts until till Europe starts taking shape. But I, at this early stage, I still think City... I mean, what was it? They, they hammered Arsenal 4-0 towards the end of the season yeah. last season. Yeah. So, I still think there is a bit of a gap between City and the rest. But Arsenal, for me, are probably number two.
0: Haaland, 36 goals last season. Like, you know, If he stays fit again, that's that's the key isn't it really
1: yeah it's it's crazy isn't it because he's absolutely changed the changed the, the standard of what we think as a striker with with 26 goals last season so many in the in the Champions League as well and people are saying with Rasmus Hoyland going into Manchester United you know, what's he going to be like Keith? And you're thinking yeah he probably score you know 10 to 15 goals a season and going, oh he's no good And you're thinking that's a very good return for somebody in the first league in the Premier League especially at a young age but Haaland is just on a different planet an absolutely different planet so I wouldn't be setting him as the bar for strikers whatsoever so I think Haaland with United they, they bought an awful lot of potential but when you think Haaland only cost what was the city 50 million and Haaland cost 72. 72
0: that's a, that's a lot that's of money crazy, for a guy who scored nine goals for Atalanta last season who's 20 years of age who is not on the tip of everybody's tongue mm. is it almost like a panic buy because they know they're not going to get Harry Kane I don't know if that's great business I don't really. I, I don't, I, can you work out Mason Mount as a player either? Because I can't work him out.
1: Well, the, the Chelsea fan seems to really, really love him. I know he was, he was demanding really high his wages, and that was sort of torn everybody a little bit sour. And now he's torn, he's torn his attention to United. But look, Mount is a great. player. I think he's a decent player. That he can play on the half torn. Is he somebody that gets United closer to the to the top three, top four? I'm not so sure. I I think he's decent, but I don't think he's somebody that you know, get you on the edge of your seat and think, yeah, he's one of the best young players in Europe. I'm not too sure, but like I said, Chelsea fans seem to hold him, and hold him in really high regard. So it's something that could happen. And just while we're on Manchester United, something yeah. that really excites me is Anthony Alanga going to Nottingham Forest. Really, really liked Alanga when he came in to, to Manchester United. So him going to the Forest, if he can find his feet there, I think that could be a decent little move for him.
0: With United, I think if their key players are all fit and playing well, Casemiro, Martinez, Varane... Bruno uh, Fernandes if he's like in a going day um in terms of his mood Rashford you can see why they can beat anybody but once again it's that consistency you lose 7-0 to Liverpool I mean that was just that struck to me as something is, an issue with the character I think Ten Hag did a huge amount of work with that after the Brentford defeat earlier in the season but I still think there's a way to go for Man United would you agree
1: Yeah I still think they're a little bit off I, I think they they needed to the strengthen defensively I st- uh, you know the I don't think defensively they're strong enough. Um, all over the park, I know Casemiro has really, really strengthened them up. But th- they're so reliant on him. If Casemiro was to get a hamstring injury and miss two months of the season, I'd be thinking that that would, you know, knock United back a little bit. So they can't be as heavily reliant on Rashford. He can't be so heavily reliant on Casemiro. It has to be more of a team effort. For me, they're a little bit of team individuals. Sometimes Bruno Fernandez is running off doing his own thing, and I think as as a team. They're decent, but they're a team of individuals at the minute. And Ten Hag is is starting to mould them together, but every now and then a little crack appears, like the seven 0 against Liverpool, little things like that. But it is improving. But the rest of the Premier League is improving very, very quickly as well. So, yeah, I think if United were to get top four and you know go deep into in in the European competition, then I think it'd be a, again a decent decent season for United.
0: Uh, four o'clock, six minutes, to kick off against Athletic Bilbao in Dublin. In terms of the names that are in the team, uh, Ericsson, Sancho, Maguire, Lindelof, Juan Basaka, Van de Beek, Blast of the Past. Hmm. Apart from that, I wouldn't know some of them.
1: No, it's a it's a bit of a, a spotty Manchester United team. Obviously, I know Tom Heaton, he was there at, at Burnley with me time, at, at Burnley with him. Very good player, but Harry Maguire there, Lindelof, you know, these, these are the players, two centre-halves. Are they going to play Lindelof maybe in the Premier League? Harry Maguire, I really don't think so. They've torn down a 20 million bid from West Ham already, but Harry Maguire just needs to play football because he's an English international and yeah. he wants want to be given that up easily. And if he goes and sits on the bench for another season at Manchester, United... You know,
0: script of the captaincy was a key sign. Don't
1: yeah, I think I think everybody knows. I'm I'm sure Ten Haggis had a word in his ear and said, listen, if you can find a decent move we, we, it, and it, it meets up well, then we'll all let it happen. But. Yeah, I don't know whether Hardy's just happy having, you know, the Manchester United next to his name and is going to just, you know, sit there and waste away. I, I hope not. I hope he, he digs in, gets another club and plays well. Because let's when he was at Leicester, he was a decent, decent centre-half. He was shown real promise. I know over his time, you know, it hasn't really worked out. But you look at some of his performances at England, that really deep into World Cup, really deep into European Championships... There is a decent player in there. I don't think he can be standing on the halfway line and doing all that stuff, but the likes of a West Ham who play a mid to low block, I think you're playing to his strengths
0: then, and he can, he can He's be. He's an a old player. school uh, English centre half. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, when, if a team is going to start pumping balls into the box, no better man than him. He yeah. has a head like a magnet. you know what I mean? Yeah. So you want somebody like that. He can defend like that, but. You know, running into channels being exposed or pace. You know that that's the things he's not so good
0: at. We've got to take a break. Pete Tracy on football here between now and about 4:35. Just go through the teams. Manchester City for the Community Shield kicks off in a few minutes. Ortega in goal. Walker, Stones, Diaz, and Akanji. Rodri, Kovacic, Bernardo Silva, Grealish, Alvarez, and Haaland. And for the Gunners. Also, a strong lineup for them at Wembley. Ramstein and Goal, White, Saliba, Gabrielle, and Timber. Timber coming into the team today. As does Declan Rice in the midfield with Partey and Odegaard. Saka, Martinelli, and Havertz, the community shield. Look at shadow boxing, but we will learn things between now and six o'clock in that one. And just in terms of the camogie, uh, Derry 1 8, Meade 1 1 at the uh, Crook Park Intermediate Final in. The All arden Day today, and the Premier Junior decided earlier on. Clareby Tuberry three seven to one nine. Cork and Waterford throw in at five o'clock, and also to let you know, Cardiff City lead leads two goals to one in the Championship. Leicester beat Coventry two one earlier on. We're here and off the ball after four with Keith Tracy previewing the Premier League season. Don't go away. And you're welcome to Off The Ball on News Talk for your Sunday afternoon. John Duggan sitting in for John Malloy today. We're on air till six and the headlines, well, the USA are out of the Women's World Cup dramatic finish against Sweden. They lost on penalties earlier on today. So Sweden into the quarterfinals as are the Netherlands who beat South Africa by two goals to nil. In Camogie Clare won the Premier Junior final 3-7 to 1-9 victory over Tiberi at Croke Park at the moment. It's Meath 2-4 Derry 1-9 a two point lead for Derry in the intermediate decider 5 o'clock this row one time for Cork against Waterford in the senior final. Rena Buckley will look ahead to that in about a half an hour's time. The Community Shield underway. Arsenal against Manchester City both teams with uh, strong lineups in the Championship. Leicester beat covered. 3-2-1 Kiernan-Jewisbury Hall with two goals laid on for the Foxes Leeds trail Cardiff by two goals to one at Elland Road so not a, an easy baptism for Daniel Farga so far Sunderland and Ipswich kick off at 5 o'clock and uh, yeah so Scotland uh, we have Hibernian nil, and Mirren 2 at half time here at home Dundalk against Shelburne kicking again off at 5 Shamrock Rovers also involved at 6 o'clock against Cork City at Tallis Stadium so, that's what's going on. Keith, uh, Liverpool this season. <sighs> what I'm thinking about Liverpool, I'm wondering, can they regain the kind of consistency they had the season before last when they reached, what, the Champions League final? They won two cups to reach the last day of the league season. Are you a bit more assured now with the signings of McAllister and Zabaslai?
1: Yeah, look, two very, very good signings, but I, I, I look at the dressing room as a whole and you look at the likes of Milner walking out, uh, going out, Henderson uh, out, yeah. Fabinho, Fabinho... And look, I know they're all probably in the in the the latter ages, uh, the latter stages of a career. But just from a, a dressing room point of view, having Milner around to drive standards, having Henderson around to drive standards to make sure training is on, everybody's at it and training a hundred percent. You know, I, I just I, I fear for them a little bit that standards might slip because they seem to me from the outside looking in to be the standard setters. Now I, I'm not saying McAllister is going to come in and he's not a a good professional, but when things weren't going right. Milner was always there when things were going a little bit wrong Henderson was there he was barking at people and they've took an awful lot of experience over there look at the two boys they brought in especially McAllister excellent excellent players they do improve Liverpool I expect Liverpool to be an awful lot better than they were last season they, I don't think they can be much worse but yeah I, I worry about the dressing room I hope I'm wrong but I just think there's an awful lot of experience going out the door there and, and, and standing setters and leaders and I look around the, the Liverpool squad now and I'm thinking who are the leaders now
0: Robertson maybe Van Dyke, Alisson yeah look I, I, Salah would you'd hope Salah would be one of those
1: yeah, well, Salah doesn't seem to be one of them who talks to people. He seems yeah. to, you know, he gets the ball and maybe inspire you with something he does. But I, I think the likes of a hand is somebody who barks at people and just makes sure the stand is around. I know Van Dijk can do that, but he's a little bit further down the pitch. If it's, say, a striker who's not playing well, it, it's very hard to get your message yeah. across. If somebody's in the middle of the pitch, he can sort of shout at everybody and get around. So, look, I, I hope I'm wrong. That's just my initial, my initial feeling from the outside looking in. But, you know, I don't think anybody's seeing Liverpool being as poor as they were last season. So... Maybe it will be the reverse. I expect him to be poor and to be really good.
0: We're expecting Nunez and Gakpo maybe to do more as well this season and to make their mark, I suppose, in Liverpool and become Liverpool players in inverted commas
1: Yeah, look, Nunez especially is getting a, gets a lot of stick for his finishing ability, but for me, that, that's one of them things that will come. It's it's a bigger sign if he if he's not missing chances and he's not getting chances. You'd be really uh, you'd be really worried about it. But he is getting chances. I know he's not clinical, but. He's he's playing on the left. Sometimes he's on the right. Sometimes he's through the middle. I like him through the middle. I think he's better. Where he's back to goal. He's a good holder player. He's agile. He runs the channel. Is channels. he a
0: starter for you in the team every week?
1: <sighs> I I'm not sure. I don't on talent alone. Probably not. But I think obviously that will be answered answer by Jurgen Klopp that will yeah. be something that's on the training ground you know I think it's that close between him Gakpo, one or two others so it would come down to who's training the better and who's in better form but from the outside looking in I probably not know
0: Jota Diaz obviously, see the picture yeah, as well I,
1: I really like Jota and again it's not because of his, his goal scoring ability we go back to this press and the counter press when Jota loses the ball the way he presses people is really really good and just keep an eye on next season how many times he wins the ball in his own in the opposition's final tour and Liverpool go and get a chance or a goal from him he's really really good at nicking the ball in good areas
0: I'm hearing third from you for Liverpool am I right I'm hearing third place mm,
1: yeah I think they'll be better I do think they'll be a lot better maybe top four I think I think top four with with the way everybody is strengthened Arsenal is strengthened I think City have got better Manchester United will be in and around it. and look at Newcastle as well I know Newcastle are in Europe but they've made some good signings with Tonali and, and uh, Harvey Barnes coming in that, that been, enough Possibly not enough again with the European competition; they yeah, could be stretched yeah. a little bit thin. But it it depends, you know. I don't think Newcastle are the type of team that will say, "Listen, we'll just throw all our bags in the pre- uh, all our eggs in the Premier League basket because they've waited so long for this European out." And so I think they will ha- they will have one on the one eye on that. Whether the Premier League suffers, I'm not sure. But really looking forward to seeing Tonali really liked him at AC Milan and Harvey Barnes seen him lots at, at Leicester last season. Very good player and. Yeah, in in a forward thinking Newcastle team, he could be very exciting.
0: Isaac is also a player that's got a kind of an individual way of playing the game. He's wiry. He mm-hmm. gets himself into good position, scores goals. More to come from him, I think.
1: Yeah, exactly. That that's exactly what I would think about Isak. A little bit more to come from him. He has showed glimpses. Um, his first game against Liverpool, when he came on, I think did he start for Newcastle in that game? But he did look like there was something about him when he plays for Sweden. He looks like he has something. So we seen flashes last season. But again, it's his fourth season in the Premier League. So this one is where we'll really start to yeah. take stock of what he's all about.
0: Tottenham continue to be a soap opera. Uh, how patient uh, should their fans be? Because I think it look, it's all about Kane. If Kane is sold or not sold, we'll determine how the narrative of the season goes early on for Ange Postecoglou. I like Ange. I think he's got a great demeanour in terms of his public utterances. Obviously, the success at Celtic. I like the way he philosophises about the game. 4-3-3. Uh, this wing back thing is going to be consigned to the dustbin, thankfully, because it didn't really work for Spurs. I felt under Conte. Um, look, they'll, they'll they'll play well, but whether they've got the personnel to do so, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I I would be the same. I think defensively, you could uh, you could be found out a little 63 bit.
0: Sixty three goals, they can see the last season. Yeah, got it, to get people in. It's there not now.
1: good enough, is it? And I, I Spurs last season. They, they lost the games that they didn't play well in and I know people are going what, what sort of statements that sometimes as a team you can play badly but just don't lose the game and sports don't seem to have that I don't know whether do you call it backbone or grit or just you know sometimes Manchester City torn up and they're in third or fourth gear but they just find a way to win Spurs the game. went to
0: Southampton I think they were 3-1 up and there was a 3-all draw and it was, just, no, yeah. it was just I remember looking at the kept on scrolling my phone and the, that was
1: when Conte lost ahead yeah, yeah, wasn't he yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. went to Sheffield United in the cup and lost yeah, this, you know it's it's uh, the Spursy in inverted commas that and you would imagine
1: that at that at that time in the season they weren't going to it was obvious they weren't going to challenge for the, the Premier League title they weren't really doing that and anywhere else so why not have a real go at the cup and to be knocked out by Sheffield United it's like that's lower league opposition should have been able to put them away and yeah to, to go what Roy Keane says they all got a little bit spursy towards the end but to, to try and assess spurs this season it literally all you know I'm saying probably top, top 6 if Hardy Kane is there if Hardy Kane's not there if you take them 20 or 25 goals you scored in the Premier League last season if you take that out of that sports team you know you you're know, relying
0: I, on Charleston <laughs> yeah exactly Which <laughs> you son know. to son to find his form again because he had a really bad season last year compared to the brilliant heights that he'd set in the previous few seasons look Merti Pochettino former Spurs legend as a, as a manager has gone into Chelsea I think he will do really well there just how long is it going to take for him to even know what his best team is
1: yeah, and I, I had a look at the the Chelsea ins and outs and it, it's just crazy. There's names all over the place and obviously Chelsea uh, with Thiago Silva coming out last season and saying the dressing room's too big. he had to build an extension. There were so many 1st team players coming in and you just think with Graham Potter coming in, 30-odd internationals, how many people must have been knocking on his door on a Monday giving out so look, the, the only one with Chelsea that the only signing they've made is uh, uh, Nkunku who who excites me I think the rest are just fillers younger players uh, goalkeeper Sanchez coming in but when you look at the likes of the players that's gone out Kante, Kovacic, Koulibaly Havertz, Mount they all would have started for Chelsea last season so again when you're looking at the dressing room, there's a huge turnover Are you all going to gel together? Are you all going to get on? it where's the leader going to come from? Because when a, a bunch of players come together and you don't really know each other, it's only natural that. How long does it take?
0: To be given you played in England, how long does it take to kind of get to, to to get familiar with people? And
1: well, it it all depends on the environment. It depends with the manager. It depends what the players are like. I, with uh, with Sean Deich when he first came in he he brought this thing in called like a wheel so we had an A to Z and if you did anything wrong or you leaving a, leaving a, a bottle on the train and pitch a, a a top or not doing your weights you would have to spin and you know if you landed on A it'd be oh it'd be oh no you have to dance for two minutes you know silly stuff like that but it just got everybody on so I'd K would be karaoke for two minutes on the pitch so V was you had to beat your legs in front of everybody so just little things so standard started to get to be drove and it was all happening from within so without Sean Doyle cracking the whip we were policing the dressing room without us even knowing it. so we were trying to catch people for doing things because it was funny but all, all of a sudden on a Friday when we're getting ready to spin the wheel nobody done a thing wrong all week yeah. because they were afraid of the wheel so it was just little things like that to bring lads closer together drive drive things police them yourself because you know, the manager, he's not going to be on the pitch with you. He stands very close, but he's not on it. So we all have to please these things ourselves. So there's little things to make the dressing room come closer, but it's all about individuals and the manager and the environment they're set. And
0: how long does it take to get to know a manager and his way of thinking and what the good way to be around him is and what the not so good way to be around him is?
1: Well, again, that's down to the individual. Uh, when I tried to get to know, when I was getting to know Eddie Howe, it took me quite a while because he's quite... He, he likes to play the game from back to front it, it's quite tactical I want you here it's like a game of chess with Sean Dyche it's pretty much minimal information it's you know get the ball run past people cross it don't let anybody get behind you really really uh, basic stuff with, with Aladice it was really really basic stuff as well the only question he would ever ask me at half time or full time was how many times have you crossed the ball son how many shots did you get off so I knew when I was starting the game how many crosses am I going to get off, and how many shots am I going to get off, and how many times have I lost the ball? Three little basic things that to do. And you get to know what Aladeish wants, what Hale wants, what Doish wants, and it it probably over a couple of weeks. But again, it depends on your level of intelligence. It depends on how complicated the manager is, and it depends. You know, sometimes there's players that like to play a bit of football. There's players that want to go from back to front. So if you have opposite views on the game, sometimes you can be brought kicking and screaming. But ultimately. You have to do what the manager wants so if you're doing a kicking and screaming it can take a couple of weeks but if you don't do it you won't get into the team.
0: Who was the best manager you played for?
1: Uh, probably Sean Douche I think on the whole I played for some great managers Mark Hughes was a brilliant manager I got a, a little touch of Graham Souness when I first went to Blackburn Eddie Howe was very very young I think he was 23 when he got the Burnley job really good uh, really good getting to know him and how he worked but Sean Dyche the way he he motivated players, the way he looked after them as human beings, the way he brought the families into it as well, he just made us all feel like we were all in it together. And I I, I said it to I say it to his face all all the time. I say it in text messages, you should be a psychiatrist because the way the way he taps into your head and gets you to run through brick walls, and he just knows how to motivate you without you know without forcing you to do anything. It's it, he's one of the best man managers I've ever had and. The human side of him is is underrated as well.
0: Nineteenth at the table at Everton when he took over in January, they survived, but they've got it all to do again because it just it just seems with the FFP or whatever that they they've been a financial basket case the last few years. Been like, they're relying on calvert Lewin to mm-hmm. to score goals. Their top scorer in the team last season was Dwight McNeil with seven. Yeah, for uh, such a big club, it's sad, really. You know, it
1: is sad. Yeah, but I I think this has been this is been happening over the last couple of years has been a a slow decline in everything and like I say from when I made my Premier League debut there you know they were they were challenging for top six top half they were always a very hard team to play against but on the Lampard in particular they just felt a bit nice they felt a bit too easy to play against a little bit too open when they didn't have the ball and I've there's loads of Everton fans over here a lot of my friends are are Everton fans and the first thing they all asked me when Dice got the job was God, Keith, are we going to be all right? When they, even they, were saying, "Well, if we go down, he's the best man to bring us back up." And I was adamant he would keep everything in the league because I knew he would go in there and motivate the dressing room. It, it's, it's, it's really, it's hard to describe because you go into work every day knowing this is going to be tough and this is going to be hard, but you don't fear it. You, you want to do it for some reason because it. Look, he, he has this, this balance of. Of fear and love, it's it's just crazy. I don't know how he gets that balance yeah. right, but with me, he hit it absolutely perfectly. And like I say, I have a lot, a lot of love for him. And I texted him the other day looking for tickets for the for the Everton Fulham game on the weekend, and he he got back to me. So he's he's a really nice bloke. There's a lot of love there. And like I said, when I heard about the Delhi Alley stuff coming out as well, I was delighted that Sean Dyche is the manager there because I think it's a match made in heaven for them too to or for Dyche to at least help Delhi a bit on the on the human side.
0: Yeah, and. Uh... We kind of talk about, I don't know. You've you've told your story as well, Keith. We talk about footballers in such a detached way, don't we? Oh, they're this, they're that, and because maybe they earn so much money that well, he made a terrible mistake here, and we always sometimes forget that they're human beings as well. They are still humans, you know.
1: Yeah, cool. love at Dali Ali story. A lot, of people, uh, a lot of people say that you know, you, you turn on Sky Sports or you turn on whatever and you see the lads getting off the bus with their with their wash bags and going into the dressing room. You see them on the pitch with their iPhones and you see the interviews and you think, oh, this seems like a great life. You don't see the abuse you get. You don't see the hard yards and training. You don't see them getting up at 6 o'clock in the morning to go and have ice bats, eating chicken at 8 o'clock in the morning because it's the right thing to do, not going out. Well, you know, I, I never did. I went out, but in general... Players make an awful, awful lot of sacrifices to get there. and There were so, like, so many times I was on a football pitch, but mentally I shouldn't have been anywhere near it. And Sean Dyche knew that as well. He, he, he has admitted that he had to put me out there knowing, I don't know what I'm going to get out of key today because of what's going on in his life. Now, fans aren't privy to that, but at the end of the day, we're all human beings and nobody ever walks onto a football pitch thinking, I want to make a mistake today or I don't want to play well. So I get it. They pay their money. They, they're, they're allowed to have an opinion. They can voice that, but we're all human beings and there has to be a line that you stop at, you know. You can criticise the performance, you can criticise the player, but when we start going to personal realms, that's when you've overstepped
0: the It's market. a cutthroat industry, isn't it? It's really cutthroat over there. It is, yeah, especially... The, the rewards, it's a bit like actors. Like if you make it, you really make it, but if you don't make it, or...
1: Yeah, well, like, anywhere, you know, look, I've, because I was probably a little bit unique and I, I spent all my time in Lancashire, I went to Yorkshire, but I, I played for Sheffield United, I played for Sheffield Wednesday, I played for Blackburn, I played for Burnley, and then I played for Preston. So I played for every rival club. So I just sort of bounced around and I would go from um, Blackburn. The fans would love me because it was the next Damien Duff, didn't quite make it. So I go to Preston. So the Blackburn fans would now hate me because I'm at Preston. The Burnley fans would hate me because I'm at Preston. Then I would go to Burnley. So the Preston fans would hate me. and It, it was just this circle of, you know, getting abused everywhere they went but you can't let it bring you down because it's a job you try and leave it at home but you know at the end of the day they're human so I, I know it's difficult but try and keep it in the back of your head that you know these lads are living a life and it's difficult for them I mean, when when I signed for Preston I had to actually move house because I lived in Blackbourne but because I, I had played for Blackbourne and Burnley. I had to move house, I had to live in Lytham, which is like a, an old retired village. A golf area. Just out there, yeah. So it, it was one of them places where nobody knew where I, where I was or who I was. So you sort of have to start boxing clever so you don't you know fall in with the wrong crowd. Do
0: you hear the abuse from the stands?
1: Yeah, you hear little things, little buttes every now and then. The, the funniest, well, not the funniest one, but the only one I can probably say on air is that somebody said, I was about to take a corner and I put it down and I, I took it a couple of step backs and you can hear the normal effing and jeffing and this and that and the Irish and all I heard was, Tracy's a girl's name. I know. <laughs> a bit noisy. A bit Kid gloves, and I thought, "Well, I'll take that one. That one's not too bad." But yeah, they're probably the only one I can say on air. But yeah, the usual yeah, effing yeah, and yeah, jeffing yeah, you
0: know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Sean Dyche and Everton, and uh, good to see Seamus Coleman. It's, it's funny from an Irish perspective got Seamus Coleman signing a new deal. Matt Doherty's in, in the Premier League. Darrow shea has gone to Burnley. John Egan's back up at Sheffield United. So, funny enough, uh, we have um, you know good defenders, and some of them are now in the back in the Premier League. Yeah
1: and look there's a lot of good moves for Irish lads over, over this transfer window Nathan Collins going to Brentford again if he plays great move Dardot O'Shea going to Burnley, great move Just on
0: Nathan Collins first because I wonder if Ben me any influence in that because you played with Ben, didn't you? At Burnley, yeah, yeah. and so did Nathan. You know, and then there might be central defensive partners.
1: Yeah, possibly. I think they would complement each other well. They're they're big, strong centre halves, but they're not the sort of strength the centre halves that aren't mobile. They can run the channels if lads want to spin into channels. They can both go and do that. But the big thing for me is just Nathan needs to play games. You know, when he come in, he's. I think we would all now assume he's going to play for Ireland in the in the upcoming qualifiers in September. So. we need to to get minutes into him, we need him sharp, we need him at his best because the bedrock of Ireland's performances are being defensively strong. If we can be defensively strong and limit teams to clean sheets, then we can start putting the emphasis on Evan Ferguson just nicking games 1-0. I think we, we can do it defensively, we have the players there but... They need to be playing. We don't want lads on the bench in the Premier League and going a little bit stale and other lads in the championship who are full throttle and then we come up to an international camp and you know training's all a little bit disorganized because lads need minutes, other lads need to relax. So hopefully they are gonna get minutes and, you know, it all comes together.
0: a six year contract is promising though, and Thomas Frank seems quite a progressive guy. I think Wolves are a bit of a mess. Laportegey, I don't know if he wants to be there. Um, this might not be a bad move for Nathan Collins.
1: Yeah, and to be to pick up on the, the Laportegey thing, I, I think with, with Doherty going to Wolves again, I think it's a great move on paper. He obviously loves the club. Spent I think ten years there before he before yeah. he moved. but let to go, so he knows what he's doing. He's going back there. But I have a feeling in the next couple of months, couple of weeks, whatever it is, Laportegey will leave Wolves, and I just hope Matt doesn't get lost in the whole yeah, melee yeah, that you ma- know and mix, doesn't play yeah. doesn't play football again because again if Matt is fit he's one of the best right backs in Europe going forward defensively there's question marks but going forward we all know what he can give us so again from, order, from an Irish
0: point of view we need him with minutes in his legs The Burnley story is interesting Company is somebody that probably is a big future in management based on what he's achieved so far Darrow Shea going there Josh Cullen's in the team Obafemi's now no longer a temporary player he signed a, a permanent uh, arrangement with Burnley so I'd, I'd hope they'd stay up yeah, of
1: course, I do as well. I have a lot of love for the club. Uh, spent three years there. I, I think it's it's going to be difficult Um Obviously, at the the time when I was there under Sean Dyche, under Eddie Hell, it's chalk and cheese now, when when Vincent Company first got the job in the Championship, I, I was very sceptical, I have to be honest. I thought, this is a big name coming in, but how much of the Championship does he actually know? He, he I don't want to say he was spoiled at Manchester City, but he's, he's played a certain way his whole career, and I wasn't sure if he was going to be tactically astute enough to go down to the Championship and figure it all out, but... He, he talked about like a duck to water. I think it was hundred over 100 points in the championship, which doesn't happen every every season. So really, really good results, played brilliantly. But this season, I think a lot of teams will know what Bournemouth are going to deal with. They've seen it all before. As we said, in the Premiership, it's a lot more of a tactical battle. So if they can do it in the Premier League, I would be a little bit surprised. But hopefully there's a little bit of a hybrid approach where it's a little bit, you know, back to front, a little bit of play football when we can. And very hopeful that they can do it.
0: It's a great story from a arc of his career to see Chidozik Bene go from Cork and Limerick to Rotherham um, up to now the Premier League of Luton. Whether they stay up or not, he's somebody Rob Edwards obviously admires and it'd be fascinating to see his progression.
1: Yeah, well, he's, he, he, his progression already has been absolutely brilliant. And I have to say, every time I've seen him play for Ireland... Look, he's a little bit raw. Maybe his force touch is not as, as sound as it should be, but when you get him running at people, nobody's comfortable because he's so quick and he's so raw, he's so strong. He, he gets you on the edge of your seat. He takes people on. And as a right-back, when you're going out to the left winger, the right winger, the one thing you don't want him to do is get you in a race. And Ogbeni, nine times out of ten, will get you in a race. And I like that about him. When he played against France, he gave Theo Hernandez a horrible time. And that was just from a physical point of view. Teo Hernandez couldn't deal with him. So I think Ogbeni has a lot to offer on paper, again, like all the Irish move, looks a great move, but just don't want to see him stagnate on the bench. If he comes in and plays well, brilliant stay in the team. But if he has to wait for his opportunity and come in, hopefully he takes it with both hands and he gets minutes again, like we say.
0: You're we excited about from an Irish perspective. I'm just looking through here. Mikey Johnson's got a back injury present. He's back with Brendan Rodgers, at Celtic who gave him his uh, debut a few years ago. Adam will that we mentioned, scored yesterday. We have uh, Jason Nice moving to Bristol day won yesterday. Will Smallbone is in the Southampton first team on the basis of Friday. Alan Brown still solid at Preston. Uh, Jason Molumby played for West Brom yesterday. Um, James McLean gone to Wrexham, which is a, an interesting move. Daryl Lennon played yesterday. Um, just going through, Oma Bamadeli was on the bench. Um, just going through them here. And, and Bazunu started for Southampton. So, look, as you say, I think the key thing is, is first team football. Who are you excited about maybe seeing develop?
1: Uh, the one player that that really uh, I want to see develop is Will Smallbone. I think he's been been really good the uh, the last couple of games for Ireland. He he see, we're looking for that player in the centre midfield. The He'll, new Wes, the, the new Wes. That's what we keep saying, the new Wes. But the, again, I, I don't want to put too much emphasis on it. But I know West Ham are sniffing around Ward Prowse, and Ward Prowse played against Sheffield Wednesday on Friday night and uh, they they won. But if Ward Prowse leaves, I think Smallbone will. He won't benefit if, if he does stay at Southampton. Then Will Smallbone can learn from him. He's a, he's an English international. He's a he's a Premier League player. All in all, for me, so if if Ward Pro stays there, Will Smallbone will come on leaps and bounds in that team. If not, you know, I could just stunt him a little bit in the Championship.
0: Yeah, there's a, a row it seems at the moment at West Ham between David Moyes and uh, the director of football. Um, I think I I, I believe that. Moyes wanted Ward-Prowse and the director didn't want uh, WordPress and um they're a strange club as a Tim uh, Staitan opposed the uh, attempt to assign the uh, West Ham midfielder so look it, it could end up in a quite a an odd situation where West Ham win a conference league and um win a first trophy since 1980 at, at a senior level and then Moyes is gone you yeah do, <laughs> <you know. laughs> Well, I, I, I don't
1: know. It's a it's a strange one. But like I say, I think if, if Ward Prowse sticks about, like Smallbone playing games next to him, imagine just having him speaking. He's been there, done it, scored there. I think he scored more goals in the Premier League now than David Beckham. His set piece delivery is brilliant. And the the one thing, uh, the one thing that Smallbone is probably worried about was that I think West Ham have just accepted a bid from Atlanta for Samaka. So if they, I think it's around 30 million for Samaka from Atlanta. So okay. if, if West Ham get that 30 million. I would assume that so if Warcarsey go goes,
0: what house. would Smallbone lose out on? Is it just the guidance in the middle? Is it physically?
1: Just just the guidance and how like. There's going to be times when Southampton are under the cosh when they're, when they're not playing well within the season. And just having warpress next to you saying, OK, this is just temporary. It's going to be a couple of minutes we just need to maintain and you know, just know how to box clever in certain, in certain times. And like I said, he, he's an English international. He's de- his set-piece delivery is unbelievable. He, he's a better player than people give him uh, credit for. A lot of people do put him just down as a set-piece expert. He's better than that. So like I said, if Smallbone has him speaking to him for the season you will see the difference between last season and the end of next season if Ward-Prowse is there with him.
0: Jane Keegan was here yesterday, the Cove Ramblers manager, wasn't too optimistic about us qualifying for the Euros. Can we feel that it's gone, the the campaign, do you think, just given the opposition we have, France, the Netherlands and Greece and that, do you think it's all over?
1: Yeah, I I, I thought it was, you know, if we finished touring that group, we'd have been doing, we'd have been doing really, really well given what happened against the, against the Greeks. Yeah, it's going to be an uphill battle, but, you know, sometimes I think it, it, it's all relative and sometimes, you know, we, we played well against the French but we lost the game against the Greeks it was a huge huge disappointment again we've Holland now coming up soon very very tough team but again we can afford to lose these games because I think we all think we're, we're trying to build blocks into something Are you big.
0: positive I suppose about the, the national team in the next few years or are you, are you worried?
1: It's a bit of both sometimes I, I take a step forward like I see us in the French game and I think okay I, if we can be that defensively solid and, and match that work rate in every single game then there's an avenue here where we can beat teams but then we turn torn up against Greece and we've had uh, 10 games, uh, 10 days in Turkey. And you're thinking, you know, we're 1 nail down in 10 minutes. We've the 10 corners. This looks like a team who hasn't met each other, never mind. It's been together for the last 10 days. So every now and then I take a step forward, then I end up with two steps back. And I seem like I've been doing that for about two and a half years now. You'd be, be on honest. the dance
0: floor, you'd be moonwalking.
1: <laughs> Once step, would uh, be <been> doing the <laughs> hokey pokey. But yeah, I, I just don't know. I, I do think, you know, it was total football for, at one stage. Then we, we've adopted this little bit more of a hybrid approach, but. Little, little mistakes like uh, it was it Cullen who gave the ball away uh, to, France, yeah, to against to France guard, if yeah. we don't do that we're getting a very decent draw so there is a way for us to go and go and win games but again like I said I keep going one step forward two steps back so I'm not sure where I am at the minute with them
0: Where are you on the Premier League champions is it Manchester City or watching them here against Arsenal still goalless in the Community Shield 27 minutes gone yeah, look,
1: I don't think there's a lot on it. I think lads are running around there just making sure they don't get injured. But it looks like the same old Manchester City, John Stones is popping into, into the
0: box, midfield. The box role, that's the... the, the, the box midfield, yeah, yeah, the Trent yeah.
1: Alexander role. But yeah. Kyle Walker's there. They they look solid enough. Arsenal now are keeping the ball. But look, I, I do think this is number one and two in the league next season. But uh, yeah, I, I still think there's a gap between between everybody and City, if I'm totally honest.
0: Yeah. Any surprises in the Premier League, maybe this season or that you could see? Any eh. teams that might surprise, or any players that might surprise, anybody you like that you know that uh, there's definitely some players I liked as a last year. Brennan Johnson, I really like watching him play for Forest, and uh,
1: yeah, well, like I say, I, I like Anthony Alanga going to Forest. I, I, I liked him when he was coming off the bench for United. it looked like he could change a game. So if he's starting at, uh, at Forest next season, like I expect him to, then I think we could get a bit out of him and, and Kuku coming in as well at Chelsea. I think he's a, a French international, very good young player, and I you know he was doing. Very, very good business under the radar. Aston Villa with Yori Tillemans Pau Torres, really, really Diaby good signing well, Diaby yeah. as well. Yes. Yeah, so, and that that's all down to Uno Yemre I don't think uh, Aston Villa get get them players. They might get Tillman's, but I don't think they get Torres and Diaby if uh, if Yemre is not at that. Club. Gonna,
0: they're going to win big matches. The, mm. I don't know where they can finish. Maybe sixth, seventh in the league. But they, they're the kind of team that City could go to Villa Park if they beat them.
1: Yeah, yeah. But that's that's the thing with Aston Villa now. They're they're a real powerhouse at, at the minute. I know. Under Unai Emery, I knew when he got the job, I didn't know how he'd finish the end of the, the season with Aston Villa, but I knew if he can get to the summer, the the contacts he has all over Europe, he will start bringing real, real quality in. And we've seen that now. And I expect Tillyman's obviously, there's very little risk with him having played uh, for Leicester for so many years. Torres, brilliant centre-half. And Diaby, really, really exciting.
0: Keith Tracy, brilliant insight. Thanks so much for coming in for our football preview and enjoy the Premier League season. We'll talk very soon. Cheers.